Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning. My name's Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life. It's a great joy for me to be able to welcome you here to uh, a series that has been very Powerful. In fact, it's been so powerful over the years that this is the third time that um, we have done it together as a church family. And uh, we've talked about that along the way, about how important it is. And, and the re- main reason that this is such an important series, and by the way, the series is called, as you saw from the bump, The Holy Spirit, Deeper, Not Weirder. The reason that it's so important is because we looked at the Bible, and from the Bible we determined something um, very important that if we're truly going to live out our mission statement here at New Life, which is to share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world one person at a time, the only way we can do that is if we live in the Spirit. And that's what we found looking at the Scripture. In fact, that became one of our core values here at New Life, is is we seek to live in the Spirit. And it's it's a lot like growing up. You know, once you believe in Jesus and you trust in him, then God calls us deeper into his relationship uh, with him. And the only way that we can experience all that God has for us is is if we'll live in the spirit. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, I had an interesting experience. Um, It's never happened before in my life. Uh, Our our mail lady uh, left us a note in our mailbox that said, please fix the door on your mailbox. It's going to fall off. And, uh, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll take care of that tomorrow. Um, I have four kids. It was bath night, which is just insane, okay? Um, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard with one, let alone four. But, but anyway, I, I was like, I'll take care of that tomorrow. So um, the next day, I, I was at work, and Sam said that the mail lady uh, knocked on our door and, and handed us the door to our, our uh, mailbox and said, now you have to buy a new mailbox. <laughs> and, uh, and so we were like, well, we probably should anyway because it's all rusted and can't use it. So we had made this exciting adventure to Lowe's. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm amazed at how many mailboxes there are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's nuts, to be honest with you. You go down the mailbox aisle, it's like, wow. You know? And they had these ones that were made out of like iron. And so if anybody came along with a baseball bat, they're the ones that get screwed. You know, I mean, it's just psh, bat explodes. It'd be awesome. And I, I wanted that one, but it was a hundred bucks and Sam said no. And, uh, and so I thought, okay, well, I can't get that one. So we found one and, and I went and I took it home and, and, uh, I was deciding I wanted to save money. So I decided I was going to build my own post. <laughs> Bad idea. Um, I'm not a carpenter by any you know, stretch of the imagination, and so every time I build something, I always think of Pastor Chris because he's really good at this stuff, and it always makes me feel bad because I can't even put three pieces of wood together to make a post, you know? Um, but, I, but I did it eventually, and if you don't look at it close, it looks decent. Um, so I put it in, the, I was going down, I put it in the ground, and as I was putting it in the ground, I had this thought. You know that you're an adult when you have to buy your own mailbox, Right? I mean, what teenager or kid has ever bought a mailbox? Nobody. And I thought to myself, you know what? Most adults probably haven't even bought a mailbox because when you move, it's automatically there, right? You know, but, but I, I just had that thought, and I thought, you know, that's, a, that's kind of a comical thing, a little bit of a, a funny thing to me. Um, but I realized that in our spiritual lives, we have kind of signposts like that as well, that, that sometimes we you know those things that just seem to always be there in other people's lives, Eventually, we have to kind of cross over and mature into, um, into buying a mailbox spiritually. 
And living in the Spirit is one of those things. In fact, I want to share with you today um, our take-home point, and this is so important. Here it is. As believers, we receive the Holy Spirit and are to be filled with the Holy Spirit so others can receive him too. So if you're not a believer in here today, you're just exploring Jesus, you're not sure about him, that's okay. We're so glad you're here. Um, We hope you've enjoyed your experience so far. But I want to speak to those of you um, who are here today who are believers. You need to know this, that we as believers are called to receive the Holy Spirit and to be filled with him uh, also. It's such an important part for our growth, for our maturity. And if we truly want to be able to grow and live into the life that God has for us, we have to live in the Spirit. Now, I want to ask you a question. If, you, if you've been around um, church for a while or you know Jesus, you, you might know the answer to this. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago um, when Pastor Chris talked about what Jesus told his disciples to do before he ascended into heaven? He said to them, I want you to go back to Jerusalem. I want you to wait to receive power, and then what? Go, right? Wait, receive power, and go. That's exactly what Jesus told his disciples to do. And his disciples, actually, they did go back, and they waited. And his disciples actually did receive power. We, could, we read that in the uh, first couple of chapters of Acts, the account of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came. They received that power. <laughs> but there was a problem. They didn't go. They all stayed in Jerusalem. In fact, they, they pre- were preaching the gospel in such a way after the Holy Spirit fell that all the people who were in Jerusalem, they were like, wow, they're speaking our language. We can hear what they're saying, that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us and he was raised back to life again, that we can have a new life in him. And they all heard this and they began to believe. And what happened is the church in Jerusalem grew and it grew like wildfire. It was crazy. And because it grew, the Jews in Jerusalem began to get nervous because they were thinking, you know what, if this thing, I mean, we killed their leader. I don't understand why this church thing is taken off. What is this? And so they got really, really nervous. And so they began to persecute the Christians. And while God did not cause the persecution for the Christians, he did permit it. Because what happened was, guess what? The disciples left because they wanted to flee the persecution, just like any of us would. And today we're going to look at one disciple who left and who actually went into the area called Samaria, which was not a very um, good place for Jews. They, they really didn't like Samaritans. Um, they considered them half-breeds. But Philip went, and he went with the message of Jesus. And we're going to see what happened in the account that we're going to read today. And it's so important for us. And there are going to be five keys that we're going to see today that will allow us to release um, and to receive and to release the Spirit of God in our lives. So let's look at this from Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 4. We're going to read 4 through 23. So if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to get it out and read it or your Bible app, or it'll be on the screen for you as well. And here's what it says. But the believers who had fled Jerusalem went everywhere preaching the good news about Jesus. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, and he was claiming to be someone great. The Samaritan people, from the least to the greatest, often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. He was very influential because of the magic that he performed. 
But now the people believe Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the great miracles and signs that Philip performed. When the apostles back in Jerusalem heard that the people in Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new Christians to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon the believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was given, when the apostles placed their hands upon people's heads, he offered money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money perish with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right before God. Turn from your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see that you are full of bitterness and held captive by sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that right now your Holy Spirit would begin to stir in us something new and fresh today. As we seek to, to know you more, as we seek to grow up into you, God, we pray that you'll teach us how to live in the Spirit so that we can experience the life that you have called us to live here on the earth and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the, the interesting thing about this scripture is that we, we really see five things that will allow us, if we will live by these five things, if we will understand these five things, we'll be able to experience a deeper relationship with God as we seek to live in the Spirit. And I want to share with you um, something very important in your connection is this. This is the, the outline for this message. And I want to encourage you, even if you're not a note taker today, to just jot these five things down and take them home um, so that you have them as you go throughout the week. I found that uh, it's actually really helpful to have these things. Um, and even our, our kiddos receive little memory verse cards, and a lot of times they'll put them in the mirrors in the bathroom so that they can learn them um, by, by me reading them to them because they can't read yet. And, and I found that, you know, I can, I can quote several scriptures now because of that. So if we put these things in front of us and we see them every day, God will begin to uh, really saturate our hearts and it'll overflow into our lives. So here's the first thing that we learn from this scripture. If we want to live in the spirit, if we want to receive and release him in our lives, and that's this. When God sends his workers to new places, signs and wonders accompany them. Look at this from verse 4. But the believers who had fled Jerusalem went everywhere preaching the good news about Jesus. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. Now, it's very interesting here because wherever the gospel goes, something happens to people. When they receive the message of the gospel, when they hear that God loved them and sent Jesus to live a life they couldn't live, to die a death they should have died, and, and he was raised back to life again by the power of God, when they receive that into their life and this new life that they have in Jesus, then they receive the Holy Spirit. And as they're receiving the Holy Spirit, it's incredible, and we see it here because it happened when Philip went and told the message. People were being healed. But they weren't just being healed in their bodies. They were also being healed in their, in their souls because their spirits were coming alive. 
You see, when we believe in Jesus, our spirits come alive inside of us, and then we can live this spiritual life knowing God. And then healing comes into our souls. And our soul, very simply, as we've defined it here at New Life uh, quite often, actually, is just this. It's the place of us that we cannot see that is the seat of our will and really of our emotions. And, and it's the place where we think. It's where our mind is. That's really what the soul is. That's what God created inside of us because the Scripture teaches that we're really made up of three parts, a body, a soul, and the spirit. And so when we have um, these issues in our soul, I mean, how many of you have ever had a problem emotionally? Maybe you don't want to raise your hand, and that's okay. I've had problems emotionally, especially since having four children, you know? And, and, and you know that, that just stress and anxiety can, can just come at you from every side. And I mean, those kiddos are such a blessing from God, but the reality is we're all humans, and we're not God. And so we're going to struggle with these things. We're going to struggle with thoughts. We're going to struggle with, you know, with... Um, emotional issues. And the reason is because really a sin is in our life. And when we believe in Jesus, while our spirit is made alive, we're still struggling with the sin nature in both our flesh and our souls. But what happens so often is when the message of the gospel is proclaimed, wherever it is proclaimed or preached or taught or spoken, people are healed in their bodies. They're healed in their souls because the spirit of God is breaking through in their lives. And so it's very important for us to understand that when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, when we receive him in our lives, we should not be surprised if God wants to use us to release healing in people's bodies and people's souls as their spirits come alive when they hear the message of the gospel. So the next thing that we learn is this, that counterfeit workers exist in every culture. Counterfeit workers exist in every culture. Look at verse 9. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, claiming to be someone great. The Samaritan people, from the least to the greatest, often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. He was very influential because of the magic he performed. Now, many of us, we might think that, that we would fall for this kind of nonsense, um, but many of us do. In fact, some people seek out to read their horoscopes every day to see, you know, if I should make this decision today or tomorrow, depending on what it, what it says. And some people will, will even, in our culture, will go and they'll, they'll ask a psychic to, you know, tell me about the future. They'll read tarot cards or, or um, even, even kind of worship. We're kind of duped into things sometimes by marketing. Have you ever been duped into something by marketing? You don't have to raise your hand. You bought something, you're like, that was dumb. You know, that sweeper, they said it was going to last 10 years. It just broke, and I've had it for two weeks. You know, all of us, we have been duped into things in our culture, and that's because our culture is chasing uh, power. It's chasing um, sexual uh, activity. It's chasing money. It's chasing everything that God doesn't want us to chase because he knows if we'll chase those things, um, we're just going to suffer. And so we, we believe in the counterfeit. And really knowing Jesus releases us from that. You see, Simon, these people thought he was awesome. They called him the great one. I mean, how would you like to be called the great one in your town because you could perform some magic tricks? You see, here's the deal about Simon. Simon knew he was a fake, which is why when the people saw Philip and they saw real healing for the very first time, they believed because they realized, man, Simon, this is not what he, I mean, this is, 
this is legit. And Simon knew himself, wow, this is real. And I want to have this power. You see, they saw through the counterfeit because Philip offered the real thing. Now, if we want to impact our culture, if we truly want to impact our culture, then we must exhibit spirit-filled lives, lives that is filled with the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, as we allow the Spirit to grow grow inside of us these things, uh, we will begin to overflow. It's like really putting the word of God into you. As I read those little scriptures every day in our bathroom and I'm able to, you know, to tell you what they are now, it's because I've seen it and God has used those scriptures to saturate my heart and now I can just tell you. Well, in the same way, when the spirit comes alive in us, when our spirit is made alive by God, his spirit then grows this fruit inside of us and love and joy and peace and patience and, and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and, and self-control flow out of us as we surrender our souls and our bodies to the Spirit. Now, how many of you would like to have that in your life? How many of you just simply want peace? <laughs> you know? I mean, there are days where I'm like, you know what? I just want the peace of God today. That I would, I'd be good with that. I don't care if I love anybody. I just want the peace of God, you know? <laughs> That's all I want. And, and here's the deal. With the Holy Spirit, we get it all but we have to yield to him. And we want the culture that we live in, which by the way, everybody here has a culture that you live in. You have a culture at your home. You have a culture at your work. You have a culture even where you hang out, where you have fun. And we can all impact that culture in our lives by allowing the Holy Spirit um, to exhibit these, these, uh, this fruit in our lives. So one of the surest signs that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives is the transformation that we experience. And that's really what this whole series is about. Because all of us, you know, when we meet Jesus, man, that's a transformational experience. But from then on, it's the Holy Spirit working inside of us. As Jesus said in John chapter 15, he's, he's teaching us, he's leading us into truth. You know what, you know, I love this. You know what Jesus called the Holy Spirit? A counselor. You know what a counselor does? Helps you get rid of your junk in your life. And so the Holy Spirit's get, helping us get rid of that stuff in our life that, that is not honoring to God and it's not helping us at all. He wants us to live the life of freedom that he's given to us. So the Holy Spirit is working transformationally in us and, and that is a sign in our life that God is alive and working. Here's number three. When we are born again, we receive the Holy Spirit. For the Samaritans, it happened like this. Look at this in verse 12. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he began following Philip wherever he went. And he was amazed by the great miracles and signs that Philip performed. So they heard the message And as a result, the Holy Spirit was working in their spirits, bringing their spirits alive. And they, for the very first time, realized that Simon was a fake and God was real. And this is what they were looking for in their lives. And so as they received these things and the Holy Spirit was was working, they believed in Jesus. And when they believed, in that moment, the Holy Spirit came into their lives. Because when we believe in Jesus, as Pastor Chris uh, taught about last week, when we believe in Jesus, we receive all of God. It's not just 
Jesus that we receive. We also receive God the Father, and we also receive the Holy Spirit. And the reason is because the Bible says that even though they are three distinct persons, they're all one. Now, I'm not, we're not going to get into that. Maybe we'll talk about that another point because it's such an incredible thing. But the reality is that's what the Bible teaches. So when we believe in Jesus, we receive all of him. So in that moment, we receive the Holy Spirit. And one time, Jesus was having a conversation with a guy who actually was a very influential man. His name was Nicodemus. He came to Jesus. He asked Jesus a very important question. He said, you know, Jesus, this eternal life that you're talking about, how can I have that? And Jesus gave him this answer in John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus replied, the truth is no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So what Jesus told Nicodemus is, listen, if you want to have this life, then you need to be born again. You need to be born again because here's the deal. You, you're born physically. Everybody knows that. That's why Jesus said we have to be born of water. So we have to be born of water because when we're born of water, we're made in the image of God. We have this, this flesh that, that God created, and we have this, this soul that's alive within us. But we have this thing also called a sin nature that has to be broken through. We're not alive spiritually, and we have to be born again. And, you know, that really messed with Nicodemus because Nicodemus is trying to, he's taking this literally. He's like, you know, listen, I don't think I could be born again because, you know, my mom's dead. I mean, how's that going to be possible? I mean, it's just weird, you know, and just like, no, no, listen, you're born of your flesh, but you also have to be born of your spirit. In fact, Jesus said this, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So you see, salvation comes from believing. We cannot receive salvation. We cannot be born again unless we believe in Jesus. We must believe in Jesus. That's the first part of this, of really living in the Spirit, because we receive the Holy Spirit into our lives in that moment. And when we have the Holy Spirit, then He can lead us, He can guide us into this life. But if we will not believe, and listen, you need to understand this because this is where Simon was getting a little um, frustrated, is if we will not believe God in every part of our life, if we will not trust Jesus with every part of our life, then sin is going to stand in the way. And if we decide that we're just not going to believe Jesus at all, Jesus had some harsh words there in Mark chapter 15. He said that we stand condemned already. And it's not that we're condemned um, because God hates us. It's actually we're condemned because of our own nature, our sinful nature, which is against God. And so we have to be born again. Then, once we are born again, we need to know that we can do this. This is number four. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is available to all believers. So once we believe in Jesus, then we can receive the Holy Spirit. But it's not just for a specific group of people. You see, these people um, in Jerusalem, these Jews in Jerusalem thought, thought that God was only for them. So when the Christians came, they, were, <laughs> they got screwed up because Jesus was saying, listen, it's not just for you. And, and now his disciples, who mostly were Jews, were going out and they were preaching this message to the Gentiles, to the people who were not Jews, and they were being saved, and, and, and they were um, receiving the Holy Spirit, and they, just, they were having a hard time with that because they thought that God was only for them. But being filled with the Holy Spirit is available to all 
Believers, look at this in verse 14. When the apostles back in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new Christians to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon or fallen on any of them, for they had been, only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon the believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. So it's something that we need to understand is that the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen upon them. Though they had received him in their, in their uh, faith, in their believing, he had not yet come in the term of baptism upon them. And we need to remember that, that in, John's, or in Jesus' day, there were four types of baptism. The first one was John's baptism for repentance. John went around, the, the John, we call him John the Baptist, okay? He went around and he said, preached a baptism of repentance, baptize, be baptized for repentance um, because the kingdom of God is near. And then the second one is the bapti baptism into Christ, which is still available and which is our initial coming into the kingdom of God. That's what these Samaritans had experienced. They believed in Jesus and so they came into the baptism of knowing Jesus. Okay, then the third one is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Um, which was about to happen to them. And then number four, the baptism with water. So they were baptized with water to show the world that I'm, I'm leaving the world, I'm gonna follow Jesus. And so they had not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit and that's why Peter and John were, were sent there by God so that they could receive the Holy Spirit. So how did Peter and John know the Samaritans had received um, the Holy Spirit? Well, they spoke in a different language. That's what the scripture teaches us. And, uh, and it's very important because when we, we see this, we actually see this happen um, first at Pentecost. And it was very interesting. At Pentecost, Jesus said, you know, Jesus said, you know, go back, wait, and then receive power. When they received the power, they began to speak, the Bible says, in tongues. And what that really means is just they were speaking in a different language. But the interesting thing about this one occasion is that when they were speaking in a different language, it was for a very specific purpose. You see, there was a census um, being taken in Jerusalem. And so the people were in Jerusalem at the time of, uh, of, of, of the time of Pentecost. And so people were coming back. They were celebrating Pentecost together. Um, and they're there. And as they're all there, there's thousands of Jews from all over the place. And it's important for us to understand this they didn't all speak the same language. It would be like for us if we had like this big get-together um, for whatever reason and people came from Texas and people came from Florida, but they all spoke kind of a different dialect so much so that we couldn't understand them. That's a little bit like what it was at this point. And so God, in that moment, as the Holy Spirit came, used that opportunity to tell those people in their own language that he loved them that he sent Jesus for them, that they could know him, that they could um, experience the life that he had for them. And so that was what we call the gift of tongues, is being able to proclaim the gospel in a different language to a people who already have that language. Okay, that's very important. That's the gift of tongues. But here, in this occasion, that's not what happened. When Peter and John prayed for these believers and they began to speak in a different language, they were not speaking in a language that was really intelligible to everybody. They were speaking a spiritual language. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 has a very, a very elaborate description of, of speaking in tongues and, 
And, and one of the things that he says is, listen, when you, when you speak in tongues after you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's to build yourself, uh, build yourself up in God, which God is doing through you. In fact, the scripture says that sometimes when we're praying, we, we end with words that we know how to say, and so the Spirit begins to pray for us. And it's a spiritual language. Just like we have the English language here, and that's what we speak in America, and just like um, there's Spanish, uh, they speak in Cuba and, and, uh, and you know, all over the world, just different languages, there's also a spiritual language, and that makes sense, right? I mean, if there's an earthly world and there are languages, then there's a spiritual world where there is what? Spiritual languages, and so if our spirits come alive when we believe in Jesus, then it makes sense that we would speak a different spiritual language to God. Because though God can speak any language because he's created all of them, he has a language of his own that he's created in the spiritual realm. And that's very important that we understand that. So we are speaking the spiritual language. And what happens is that is building us up. God is building us up as we speak in that language. And that's what happened as Peter and John prayed for these believers. They spoke in different languages, and they were being built up. But the Apostle Paul says, listen, that's, that's good for building up you and me. But if we want to tell the world, I would rather, this is what Paul says, I would rather be able to prophesy because what prophesy means is he's proclaiming the truth of God like I am to you today. And so he says, while, while speaking in tongues or speaking in a different spiritual language while you're praying is good for you. And it builds you up. God builds you up through that. I would rather not do that in this environment, but in this environment, I would rather speak the truth and tell people that God loves them so much that he sent Jesus to die for them and was raised back to life for them. So both are very important in our spiritual life. And we have to understand that when we look at the scripture, both are true. And we need to step into those things. So, that's, uh, that's what's all about that. Number five, this is the last key. The Holy Spirit's power, as all of God's gifts, cannot be bought or sold. So once we believe in Jesus, it's available to every person. It doesn't matter what nation you're from. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter how rich or tall, thank goodness, you are. It's all about believing in Jesus. Then you can receive it, but it can't be bought or sold. Look what, look what happened in the, when Simon wanted to buy this power. When Simon saw the Holy Spirit was given, when the apostles placed their hands upon the people's heads, he offered money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money perish with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right before God. Turn from your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts for I can see that you are full of bitterness and held captive by sin. You see, Peter understood. He discerned that Simon was trying to get something. Simon was trying to get something from God, and he wanted to buy it. And listen, guys, just like salvation, God's gifts are all free. We don't have to earn them. We don't have to buy them. He gives them to us as we believe and as we step into him. But you see, for Simon, the temptation was to buy God's power. But Peter's point is we have to experience, uh, we, have, we have more to experience in our lives than just salvation. You see, salvation is the starting point. Knowing Jesus is the starting point. And, and listen, we should, have, we should have expected Simon to say this because why? He just believed Jesus, right? He, he's just learning about the things of God. 
So it's okay that he came and he wanted to buy this power because he didn't understand how it worked. But Peter here makes it very clear that he can't buy it, that he can only receive it from God. And that's why we need uh, not only to receive the Holy Spirit, but to be filled with him so that when we receive it freely from God, that we can go out and we can teach other people. Because when we go out, remember, God's going to take his message and it's going to go into people's souls and it's going to heal them. It's going to bring their spirits alive as the Holy Spirit um, regenerates their spirit. And he's going to heal their souls. He's going to heal their bodies. He's going to do whatever his will is to do for that person. So you see how it cycles back through when we receive it, then we release it, then other people receive it, and they release it, and then we, you know, we want to be filled, be being filled all the time with the Holy Spirit so that we can go into the cultures of our homes, into the cultures of our workplaces, into the cultures of our hangouts, and we can release it there over and over and over. But it can't be bought. It can only be received. So... Here's the commitment for today. As a believer, I have received the Holy Spirit and will continue to be filled with him so others can receive him too. So if you are a believer in here today, you need to know God wants you to receive the Holy Spirit. God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit so that you can go out and you can proclaim the message of the gospel. He wants you to have that because he wants to take you not weirder. He wants to take you deeper. And I hope you see that through this series, that when we live in the spirit, God takes us deeper into knowing him. He's not going to make us do things that turn other people off to him. He wants us to do things that show people the love of God. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And so he will give us the Holy Spirit to go out and to serve people by telling them the message of the gospel, by telling them that God loves them. He has a plan for their life. So listen, if you're in here today for the very first time, and this is the first time you're hearing that God loves you, that he died for you, and that he wants you to be with him now and forever, you can receive that today simply by doing what the Samaritans did when they heard that message from Philip, by believing in Jesus. And that's the first step but there's so much more that God wants to take us to. And you see, most Christians, particularly in America, stop at salvation. It's good enough. I'm good. I'm going to heaven. Got my get out of jail free card, right? That's not what God wants for us. God wants us to go deeper. He wants us to know him on a deeper level, to experience him on a deeper level. Because listen, guys, after this life is over, when we go be with him, He's all we're going to want. He's all we're going to have. And so today I want to give you an opportunity to pray, to receive Jesus into your life. And then I want to pray for those of you who would like to be filled again with the Holy Spirit because you're about to go back to your home or maybe you're going to work today or maybe uh, you're going to get something to eat or hang out or do whatever. But wherever you go, if you want to impact your culture, you have to exhibit the Holy Spirit. So I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. And I want to pray specifically for those of you who would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to pray for you all at once. And then we're going to uh, sing a song and uh, we'll receive the offering and we'll sing a song and then we'll be dismissed today. 
but I just wanted to pray for you all right now. So if you would, please close your eyes and bow your heads. For those of you who want to receive Jesus, I'm going to pray for you first. For those of you who want to be filled more with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for you second. And for those of you who want to be filled uh, or be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for you third, that God would, would meet your need today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the love that he demonstrated to us as he lived a perfect life, as he suffered on the cross for our sin, and as you raised him back to life, overcoming sin and death forever, as he now offers us a brand new life. God, thank you for Jesus. And God, for those in this moment who are deciding, you know what, I believe that. I believe that, God, you sent Jesus for me because I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I need to be born again. My spirit needs to come alive within me. Father, for that person in here today, I pray that you would meet their need, that, that you would come into their life in this moment, and I know you have, that they will now be filled with the Holy Spirit and that you will take them deeper in this life following you. And God, for those who have believed in you, but just simply today, Lord, need to be filled, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would fill them up Father, that you would allow them and that you would empower them through your spirit to live a life that brings glory to you, that you would grow the fruit of the spirit inside of them, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control will pour out of all of us. And God, that you would allow us to impact our culture by releasing that to our friends, to our family, to our coworkers. And God, for those who in this moment would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I pray um, with them right now that you would baptize them in the Holy Spirit, that they would receive this, uh, this opportunity to go deeper with you and that you, God, would make it known to them in a very special way today. Father, do this work, we pray in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit.